Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade, helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Hey, Woz, we've got a really interesting topic today. Yes, and I'm excited because there's lots of wank words in today's interview. Wanker word alert, wanker word alert. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, jokes aside and uh, apologies to Karen to doing <laughs> to her interview. Um, I, think, I think a lot of blokes will probably struggle with today's episode, if I'm honest. Look, it's a bit different. It's a different way to think. There's probably a few new words and terms in here that I certainly hadn't heard of prior to today's conversation, but I think there's some real value for our tradies. Yeah, and I I don't mean to be condescending or disrespectful to the fellas listening. I I sometimes forget, uh, I guess, how much of this I've been exposed to over the years Mm. as a coach. I've done lots of personal development and professional development. Um, but if I think back to when I was in business in the early years, I hadn't seen any of this sort of stuff. No. And, you know, I did a couple of personality profiles like Disc or Myers-Briggs, and honestly, I thought it was a crock. Sure. Uh, you know, I was a goat or a bear or whatever the freaking <laughs> hell. Um, but I didn't really apply it, and it didn't change anything in my life or my business. Um, but today's guest, uh, Karen Muggleton from People Alignment, is really talking about some some good stuff that you want to be putting in place in your business and in your life, really. Look, I think it's essential and I just think that tradies aren't often given the opportunity to think about these things. It's not given to them. There's, it's not presented. Where do we go to find this? I haven't heard of these words. Therefore, I'm not looking for the answers for these problems. So it's about, I suppose, today we're giving you something different to think about, something to think about how you could implement this into your own life. It's not just about business. I think this is a life skill. Mm. So if you have relationships with customers, relationships with staff, relationships with other human beings who you share a house with, mm-hmm. uh, then today's episode is for you because there are some really core uh steps you can take, changes Mm -hmm. you can make Mm -hmm. that can positively influence all of those relationships and it'll show up as, you know, customers paying their bills on time, staff being more motivated and, you know, striving harder in your business and complaining less, Um, you know, partners feeling appreciated and therefore giving you the same back in return. So there there is some gold um in today's episode if you can listen through the big words and the and the <laughs> and the woo woo jargony stuff um but Karen's very cool and and she shares a whole lot of stuff uh there's some resources we're going to throw up on the website as well that you can grab so uh yeah strap yourself in for a uh, Wank Word Wednesday, if you're listening to this on a Wednesday. <laughs> we should turn that into a theme as well. I think so. <laughs> anyway. Enjoy. G'day, tradies in business listeners. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we have joining us Karen Muggleton from People Alignment. G'day, Karen. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Was. Thanks, Nicole. Or Nick. You Nick, call yeah. Me either. <laughs> I need to do anything. Some people expect to see a bloke sitting next to me, and <laughs> nothing could be further from the truth. Thank so. you. <laughs> You're just, again stepping on dangerous territory. There. Oh, I like to dance with death. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we generally ask our guests lots of questions, but I'm I'm going to defer to 
Nick and let her ask the first barrage. Yeah, Karen, how about you tell us a little bit about you and what you do? Why? What's brought you to our show today? Yeah, sure. Okay, well, look, thank you very much. I guess um, what's brought me here is I'm just lucky enough to have met you um, at an event recently um, hosted by Woz. So that was, that was a, <laughs> That's real, a nice way of putting it. Pleasure. That was lovely. Um, yeah, and what happens typically is people say to me, what do you do? And I say, well, you know, it's a bit of a combination of things. I offer a HR service to small, medium, large-sized businesses, but I also bolt on helping people upskill so that they can run um, independently. It's about getting some independence and sustainability so they're not reliant on paying someone else Mm -hmm. um, in the long term. But typically what I saw come up, uh, my own experience on being an employee and then also um, as being a business owner is that the most... um, critical issue that faces people is when the people relational side goes south. And in fact, all reports that you look at across the globe all say that all leaders say that about 70% of workplace issues are people relational based, not the other topics that typically when people start a business, they invest in, which is finance, IT, marketing. They forget about that people thing. Mm. Um, and, yet, and yet that's the thing that costs them most dearly, not just financially, but also emotionally. Absolutely. Um, so it's a big, long-winded answer. So from that, no, that no. led me down the path of um, becoming um, you know, a brain-based coach and you're a leadership coach and emotional intelligence practitioner, certifier, um, um, an ACT um, counsellor. So all sorts of things have come into the mix now. And it is, you know, is passion-driven because I see a lot of suffering um, by people and business owners carry a lot. They're very lonely. They're very... Um, like I said, pressured. So we just like to lift that load for them and give them some skills so they can tap into their inner wisdom and and get the show on the road and get back to doing what they really need to do. Is this something you've always done, Karen, or what led you into this field? Yeah, look, you know, I'm a bit embarrassed to say that I was in... um, Banking. (laughs) (laughs) I just say that quietly. Um, And it was a really interesting path because... What I loved about that was training staff. Mm. And, of course, in that world when um, profits go down, the first thing they cut is is that sort of stuff. So I got to thinking and, you know, I got to a point where I just said to my husband, look, you know what, it just isn't for me. So I took a sideways step and tried um, a different part of that world and, of course, it was the same story. So I bit the bullet and went back and reskilled um, about 10 years ago now to the Masters in HR, which led to... Um, wow, there's not enough, that wasn't enough, maybe I need to actually tap into the human element here. Mm. So, yeah, really great breakthrough doing the brain-based coaching, training and the emotional intelligence upskilling, which never ends, mm. I might no, say. Mm. No, it's but it's a, it's a passion, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you talk about the the 70% of business that people focus on and, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at this podcast, most of what, gets talked about on the show and most of the guests are around how to how to fix your seo how to forecast your cash flow you know what to do when your your employee relationships turn bad and it all generally goes to that technical logical practical aspect and something we don't talk about a heck of a lot um is the the headspace stuff Mm. you know the personal emotional side of things which has such a massive impact as you say mm. uh on people's performance so yeah exactly do you mm. find it hard 
to get people to actually engage on this topic, Karen? Yeah, yeah, another great question. Um, it's really interesting because when people contact me, it usually means that something's not going well or they're really struggling with something. <clears throat> so we'll meet and we'll talk about what it is that I know works for them. But it is about, you know, being a really good listener and listening for what's not being said because quite often it's what not what's not being said is the mm. issue mm. so all that training thankfully <laughs> um, comes into play then so it does become quite a personal thing of looking in the mirror and having to make a decision that you know I really want to embark on a journey of some own personal growth here mm. and the person has to make a decision do they want to stop being um, a human doing and start being a human being mm -hmm. right because yep. that's the way our culture our western world is focused we measure everyone's success by what they've got the house they live in the car they drive all this superficial stuff but meanwhile we've never had such a screening epidemic of anxiety and depression and so forth so yeah it is a tough job sometimes was to ask people are you you know are you prepared for the journey of working on yourself and digging deep and making some decisions that align with what will work for you in your business from a long-term perspective so you get that inner um, contentment back mm. so yeah it is it's not a short conversation and for that reason we um stretch what we do out over a long period of time so you know it might be a six month block but it's very bite-sized so we make it affordable so that people can really like i say everyone has their answers from within they just mm. need someone to help them tease them out mm. Mm. so some sorry so to answer your question some people are up for it and some just aren't and that's okay mm. yep yeah yep yeah. What, what are some of the misconceptions out there about what it is you do and I, and I want to dig into more of what you actually do with people and uh, mm. you know help them to understand I guess what the potential is from this but what are some of the misconceptions mm. out there Karen? Oh probably that it's something that you can learn in a half-day workshop. <laughs> I've done yeah. a few of those. <laughs> Yeah, and um, you know, um, am I correct in saying that it might not have stuck with you? Yeah, I don't actually remember any of them. <laughs> yeah. I went because yeah. they seemed like a really good idea, yeah. but as for and what was covered, it's like I couldn't tell you. Yeah, so we've got to get better at helping people learn. And there's some really great, you know, as you know, I'm off to, to Thailand in a couple of weeks to do a seven day intensive. So I've already done. <laughs> 10 qualifications, right? And I come from the school of hard knocks, so don't think that I've had this dream run of, you know, everything typical. This has all been because I know it's needed and I know it will absolutely make a difference for people mm. personally and professionally. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so what, where the, the value in what we do is, is in the way that we do it. So really helping people tap into, like I said, having that own um, ability to hit the pause button and look at how they do things. So that probably segues really nicely into that whole world of emotional intelligence and exactly what it what is it and how do you tap into it. Mm. Mm. Karen, as a business owner, at what point in time should I be looking to engage somebody with your skills to help me learn about myself and upskill? Yeah. I guess um, an easy... A safe way of doing that and you know everyone has a need for safety mattering and belonging mm -hmm. and so you know like I said no one has to do anything but what I do with a lot of businesses is that um, when they're recruiting 
Mm-hmm. Like, hey, look, let's just screen for the capability of this emotional intelligence thing in the people that you're bringing into your family. Because if you feel the business, it is like your family. Mm-hmm. And you do need to take it really seriously as to who you let in. And when you let someone in, you, you need to be wholeheartedly saying, gosh, I really believe in this person. I want to support them, develop them to grow and be the best they can be. And of course, to help grow my business and support it. And if you're doing that as a really great leader, what you'll get in return is they will go out of their way for you and you won't get the issues. So what I, I guess the answer to that is in screening for those EQ capabilities, you'll get a picture of what you're letting in. And it's not that you don't let someone in if they're not perfect. No one's perfect. But you can get some insight as to how they go with relationships, how they are with their well-being, whether they're purpose-driven, whether they've got any intrinsic motivation, what the levels of optimism are, how they navigate themselves. Mm. So, for example, if you think there's still a knockout and some of those readings aren't great, it's just a great conversation starter for that interview process of, well, gee, this is where you are with this. Can we just have a chat about that? Mm. Because EQ is a learnable skill that changes over time. So it's important to remember there could be something going on with that person. Mm-hmm. So, so who knew that this really connecting with people deeply is what the answer is? Mm. Yeah. So that's one, that's one way. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted yeah. to, to jump in, which I tend to do a bit. But um, <clears throat> I've actually just started testing new clients of mine so people who want to work with me as their business mentor in their trade um i do a version of of testing with them before we start working together not as a qualifier they've already said hey i want to work with you was and Mm. and what i do is great so the first thing you're going to do is go do this uh you know this personality type testing and then we're going to debrief that and it is it's it's starting the conversations around okay so here's some of the possible constraints that you might come up against here's your strengths that we should be playing to and then as their mentor i'm more informed about how to get the best out of them but they're also able to take that back and as you said in terms of a leadership role which i think a lot of tradie business owners don't realize they're in that leadership role and they don't see themselves as leaders and it's such a key skill that they need to learn and that's it and here's the thing you know leadership is not a title it's it's a choice and a decision that you know it's a big decision Mm. to be responsible for leading yourself well and for leading others but gee when you get it right and you get upskilled in that it is an absolute game changer Mm. And that's why we blend in the neuroleadership coaching as well. So there's this big mishmash of what we do because it, I don't know what's going to come out for that person, what they'll need, but I'll know pretty quickly, oh, that person needs to be upskilled in leadership. So I can then teach them the brain-based leadership, which is, hey, every move you make, everything you say, either puts someone in a towards state, bringing them closer to you or pushing them away from you. And, gee, wouldn't it be useful to know a bit more about that? in terms of engagement and getting the most out of them. So they're really powerful um, frameworks and dynamics that we pass on as part of the programs that we impart. And, you know, we haven't even touched on the HR stuff. So as you can see, when you blend getting that right with all of this, it's a winning combination. And in this volatile, uncertain world that we're in, you've got to get this stuff right because you're going to be getting threats from outside so you need your inside to be absolutely as tight as it can possibly be so you can deflect those threats and take advantage of the opportunities that you probably aren't going to see if you're dealing with stuff 
that's going wrong inside the family. You've um, so a lot of the language that we're using today, I think, could be quite scary for tradies. I think some of the terminology that we're using um, is quite new. It's stuff that we've never thought about. Even for me, some of the words that we're using today are quite new. Um, I may have been exposed to them before, but tradies might find this all a little bit overwhelming and scary. I guess my question to you, Karen, would be: Can you describe? Um, maybe some of the smaller things or the start, how you start this process so that we can kind of demystify what's going on here for the tradies and take away some of that fear for them. Yeah, sure. Can I share my screen and just show you some diagrams? Yeah, go for it. So people people on the podcast will, uh, because this is going up on the YouTube channel as well, Um, but if you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, we will put a link to these slides in the show notes. So I think that's okay, Karen, if, if you're happy yeah, to provide sure. them. Yep. <laughs> Just put you on the spot. Okay. So, so Nick, um, to simplify what emotional intelligence is, yeah? Yes, is that please. What you'd like yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, look, this is a diagram here which includes the whole shebang, but mm-hmm. I'll talk about it in three little chunks. Mm-hmm. So it's typically about just um, the three pursuits. One pursuit is um, raising that Mm self-awareness. So just being aware of your interactions, how you impact other people, but also yourself. Mm -hmm. So the the blue part of that circle is about, what do you know, what am I feeling in this moment? Mm -hmm. And being aware of that. Because when we're really aware of that, we can then um, hit that stop button. The red is the stop. And we can really make some better choices for ourselves about what we do in the moment of whatever the the stress or the situation might be. And there's four big competencies in there about what that includes. Mm -hmm. And that's the second part. The third part about being really emotionally intelligent, it is a bit of a learning curve. Um, it It was for me. I didn't know this stuff beforehand. But it's also about getting in touch and understanding a bit of your own biology, mm-hmm. what happens from a chemical reaction within yourself when you've got certain thinking going on. And we can describe that and explain that in very easy terms. But part of that is really important to to have that connection and empathy with other people and to do something beyond yourself. Mm-hmm. That's your own personal why that some of you would have heard of in other talks and whatnot. Mm. So it's it's knowing, you know, what you're feeling, knowing, you know, being informed about some different choices that you could make and then doing it for a reason. So ultimately, emotional intelligence is just about being smarter with your feelings Mm -hmm. so that you can then make, you know, optimal decisions for yourself. And as I said, this is all really learnable. It can Mm -hmm. be learnt really quickly and you can deploy it whenever you need it. Fantastic. Even I can understand that, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) No worry. I've done years of study on this and I didn't get it after the first six months and I've sat exams and things. So it does take time, but it's a practice. Yes. And you you would be practicing it more than you realise, 100%. I totally agree. And I think it really plays into tradies' hands in that tradies really like to know how things work Mm. and you're giving them an opportunity here to understand how they work, how their feelings work and how they can then talk to others about how their feelings are working. And it's not Mm. to say that this is all touchy-feely and we, you know, we're going to go on site and be all... Kumbaya. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen. But it just, it makes us more intelligent, yeah. Yeah, and and this is really, this is quite courageous stuff to do. Mm. You know, the people who aren't brave, they just ignore this. Yes. And, and sometimes there is absolutely a place for that. 
sometimes you just got to get in, you got to knock up that building, get it done, right? Sure. There's a place for that. But, you know, when you can, if you can reflect on this, perhaps and go, okay, well, that project was okay, but do I want to make the next one really, really amazing? Or maybe mm. I'll have a little bit of a play around with this stuff and just see if I notice a difference. Speaking from experience, team culture on a job is makes or breaks it. It's as simple as that. And so whatever you can do as a business owner to improve that team culture is just a no-brainer for me. Yeah, exactly. And and as, as I said in the beginning, it's also about your own health and well-being. Absolutely. And that's a really good um, segue if I can tap into that. Is that mm. all right? If yeah, I yeah. Want to zip over. Yep. So I'm going to zip past uh, lots of stuff. Let me just come to... Nicole and I were literally having a conversation about this sort of health and well-being mm. aspect of being a quote-unquote successful business owner and the link <clears throat> that both Nick and I have observed in over the years between people who have, they don't necessarily have to be Mr. or Mrs. Universe, but just having a focus on it and actually putting some time and effort into well personal well-being seems to correlate with business results. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a softie and it really breaks my heart to see people feeling so awful, mm-hmm. you know, being so unwell and unhappy because mm. they've got a bloody hard job out there. It's hot. Yep. Mm. You know, if things go wrong all the time, my son's a tradie, you know, it's, it's really hard work. Mm. So, you know, it's a bit of a... Um, because of a calling of mine <laughs> to help people yep. just navigate this better because everyone, you know, the world's a better place yes. if you do that. Yes. Absolutely, yep. So what I'm going to explain here, these look busy, but I just wanted to show you the difference. So on the left is the profile of someone who we measured, just someone recently, um, before they did a program with us and then after. Mm-hmm. So down the bottom, don't get carried don't sort of worry about what the words are, but down the bottom are what are the eight competencies of emotional intelligence across those three pursuits that I just spoke about. Mm-hmm. And then what happens when you do this assessment is because the people who run this assessment, which is the Six Seconds Network for Emotional Intelligence, global network, because they honestly, built, their mission, mission is just to make the world a better place. What they blend into this is um, also a reading on your success factors across life. So when you complete this self-assessment, you also get a reading on how you're going, um, general effectiveness, relationships, well-being, and quality of life. And if I was doing a proper workshop, I would have started with, so guys, um, out of these four areas, which areas of effectiveness, relationships, well-being, quality of life, which of those get impacted by the issues that you face in business? Yes. Yep. Most people go, oh, well, gosh, pretty much all of them. (laughs) It's a given, okay? Something goes wrong, your relationships are affected. Mm. Your effectiveness depletes and so forth. Mm. So what we know is that when people get some help with understanding how they tap into their EQ, their emotional intelligence, and they get a bit of a handle around these big terms, these competencies, automatically those life success factors go up, Mm -hmm. right? So they travel together. Who knew, right? Mm. So on the left is pre-coaching program. And on the right is after eight sessions. So tell me what you guys noticed to, to do the interviewing back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's a an across the board improvement in, you know, the and listeners, we're looking at a bunch of uh, bars on a graph <clears throat> that show, you know, ranging from challenge through to expert in terms of, you know, I guess a a negative view of those particular aspects 
through to a more positive feeling about uh, where they sit with things like knowing themselves, you know, recognizing patterns, applying consequential mm. thinking, and pretty much across the board, everything's mm. improved. And what makes my heart sing is when you look at the top, if you look at this person's um, effectiveness, mm. they were just getting into emerging. Now they're an expert, mm. right? Yep. Um, the relationships has bumped up. Well-being, quality of life. Which, so really nothing else matters. And they're the other things that, that when people go into a business – why do they go into a business for themselves? It's because they want better quality of life, you know? They, they're yeah. sick of working long hours for a boss who doesn't appreciate them. They want more money to improve, you know, their well-being and their relationships and have more time with the family. And the reality is quite the opposite for so many people out there in business. And I find especially tradies because they're working their guts out mm -hmm. on the tools and then having to come home and do all the other stuff or, yeah. you know, they've got a, a fabulous tradie wife at home who's trying to do that and look after kids and run a house and everything actually ends up suffering instead of getting better. So mm -hmm. so you're saying essentially they could, you know, do this and achieve those goals mm -hmm. of, you know, better quality of life, more well-being, mm -hmm. better relationships as well. If they're, if they're interested in really digging into this and reading stuff and thinking about it and trialing it. So it's like anything, you know, I know you're a, a trainer. So if mm. it's like if you go to the gym and you sit there and you just look at the stuff, nothing, <laughs> nothing changes. This is, say, this is like gym for the brain, I guess, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, gym for the brain, the heart, and they're connected. And if you're really interested and you want to have a play around with this stuff, yeah, you'll, you'll get some differences. If you're not, no, you won't. And so I just want to be really clear to say, listen, you know, a lot of those outside pressures won't be changed by this. We'll think about what we can influence. Yeah. But what this means is that we'll have absolutely, and I'll just flick back on the slides, more um, ideas, tips and tricks on how to better, you know, manage and learn this stuff. So what we're saying is EQ is measurable when it's learnable and it does have a significant impact when you can learn it. It's a bit like myself. You know, I've been been a bit, bit better lately going to the gym and oh <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah. Something something's changed. <laughs> yeah. Well I know I know Nicole has uh started back at HIT training and yes. has been uh demonstrating some soreness. <laughs> my T Rex arms, are you referring to my T Rex <laughs> yes. arms? Or the fact I can't get out of the chair at the end of the podcast. <laughs> But, but yeah. you'll, get, you'll get the positive results after the hard work, Nick. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, the word culture came up, and it's something I jotted down here that I wanted to dig into mm. a little bit. There was a lot of talk about team culture and organizational culture, and I know I've, I've uh, <clears throat> I'll say tried, tried to help clients improve the culture in their teams within their trade businesses over the years with varying degrees of impact <laughs> and success. Um, obviously... And the old saying, the fish rots from the head, it starts with the business owner or the leader, which mm. may or may not be the business owner, I guess. Um, mm. But how does all this fit in with improving team culture? Like on a, on a practical ground level, how would I see this um, being put into place in a team of 15 electricians? Okay, yeah, sure. All right, so I'll talk about one organisation. Of course, confidentiality it shall remain nameless. Sure. But they've, um, yeah, it's quite big. They've got 19 senior guys. And above them is another layer, would you believe, and then the CEO. 
and of course under them a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Really interesting what happens. So they've all been really interested purely from wanting to, I guess, survive because it's been a tough couple of years, lots of change that's been outside of their control. And what we've noticed happened there is that they've got on board with the holus bolus, right? So they've loved it. They love the little bit that they've learned and how that can make a difference with managing themselves and, and their teams. They've done really well and the guys that report to them are doing really well. The guys above them aren't as on board as much. Mm -hmm. So now we've got a situation where they are just flying um, a little bit independently. So they're, they're doing quite well. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of how it happens to answer that question is um, when you said that, it just that example jumped into my mind. How it happens is that we typically say, look, you know, we want you guys to do this self-assessment. Let's get a measure of where you are. Mm. And then it's just that really kind journey together about, so so tell me what it is that you want to change and let's have a talk about how that can happen. And so it's just a series of conversations, asking the right questions, providing the right supports for the particular situation that they're dealing with. And they go away and trial it and they come back with stories of, how it all went and it just grows from there so we really want to be multiplying up the capabilities so everything that we give to that one person it's about okay so how could you share that with the guys under you how could you roll that out and just have some you know deeper conversations around applying that so that you i guess multiply your impact mm. Mm. Yeah, and then at the end we do another measure and see, you know, what the difference has been. But by then they'll know and they'll be feeling what the difference is. So my my understanding then is things that I see in trade businesses like, <clears throat> you know, a couple of guys complaining about timeframes allocated for jobs or constantly pestering for a pay increase or saying that, you know, they're not getting enough um, for the work that they're doing and some of that I guess negativity within a team those those grumblings is that are they symptoms of um, I guess leaders not having enough emotional intelligence and following these sorts of principles or is that just bad stuff well, it could be either could be both I don't know um, but what I do know is that again if we can teach people help them gather those great leadership skills so that they are really connected with their teams and looking after them as best they can and connecting in these people will want to follow them there'll be something in it for them right mm. so there's that piece and that comes about with these two knowing what's going on with yourself, the emotional literacy, right, yep. and recognising patterns. As a leader, if this has happened to you seven times, yeah. do you know it actually might be you? Mm. You might need to change how you operate. No. And that's not to say they're bad people. <laughs> it's just that I never learned this stuff. No, no one taught me this stuff. So it is, you know, it's quite life-changing if people want to do it. And then the next step is, okay, now we need to ask this of the people on our team. And as you can imagine, this is all a bit woo-woo, crikey, how do you do this, right? So it is, um, it's a journey. Mm. It's introducing it. It's drip feeding it. I, I ran a fun workshop a couple of weeks ago and I introduced this stuff and then I got them to build something together and it was quite fun. And, you know, from that I can sort of observe and go, okay, so let's talk about what worked in that dynamic and what didn't. 
and then it's just the layering in and feeding it in. So as you can see, was when you get to the next step, you know, there's that little thing in there called intrinsic motivation mm. and optimism. There's a whole heap of work that we can do around teaching that concept and getting them to buy into it and talking about because people people know this stuff. It's just that it doesn't get talked about. Yeah. And so, and then the, the green bit is about really getting to, you know, what's going on inside of you mm. and getting that purpose-driven stuff happening. So I know that it's a really fast-paced, tough, hot work environment. So the hard thing is for those guys is carving out the time to make this a part of your business. Mm. And I know, I know they all do toolbox talks, so some of them are starting to introduce this now. Yeah. Karen, can it be introduced? So I, I still feel that tradies will be listening to this and thinking, oh, this is a bit woo-woo. This is a really different way of thinking. Um, mm. In fact, I think it's probably a mature way of thinking and, again, we're going to get hate mail for that kind of terminology. But it, it is, it's a, uh, a mature business that thinks about these kinds of things and the way that they can help their staff get the best out of a day, which, of course, helps the business. So mm. could you maybe just describe some of the benefits for a small business for taking the time to look at their own emotional intelligence and how it can help with, let's say, productivity, etc. Productivity. Okay, yeah. All right. So um, I guess I'll have to answer that with a bit of a question. Sure. <laughs> That's all right. Of course. So, yeah. So if you have a think about um, when something's gone wrong with a people issue, mm -hmm. and this is just a question to both of you, can you just have a think for a moment? How much time have you spent trying to manage that people issue they can be how long is a piece of string They're black holes yeah yeah lots lots is probably a good answer mm. yeah so the the tricky bit here is that there has to be a need and mm. a want mm. there has to have been some pain in that space mm. to try this because it is it isn't that well known it is a bit out there yeah. but what i can say to you from clients that i've got when they've been through that pain they go oh yeah okay tell me about this stuff because i really don't want that pain again yes mm. it's, a, it's a preventative mm. so it's like okay so if we could just start lightly by introducing this concept and you know letting people know this is a thing and we can measure it and that we're going to um, play around with practicing it together and, it, and I'm just talking about just try one different thing each mm. week, you know, have a different theme each week. So it could be, okay, well, let's just do a session on empathy. What does that mean? Mm. Let's just, you know, play some funny videos. There's some really fun videos out there about what it means. And, okay, so now during your week when you come up against a brick wall, just, just for one minute stop and think, how can you blend in that mm. one EQ competency of empathy and just notice what happens differently because you did that. Mm. And it's really interesting. Um, the guys that recently built the house in the workshop that I did, what came out of that is that two people in that group who had never got along before were now sort of just, you know, in a blokey sort of way, just tossing this stuff around, going, oh, yeah, okay, well, I'll give you a hand, sure, you know. And they, they wouldn't have done it before because they didn't think that it looked um, <laughs> strong, yes. you know, mm. to do that. Yeah, and yeah. I, and I'm really worried about the way I'm saying that because I know plenty of people do that and probably don't even realise it. But what's really interesting is when you realise that you do it and then you get a good result, you go, oh, I'll do it again mm. and again and again. 
you've got the evidence mm. that it's worked and, and your brain just latches on to that because it's all the brain's always looking for connections and once something's happened once it'll default there again mm -hmm. so all we're doing is raising awareness to what's already going on but in this you know the noise of everyday life we just don't tend to notice it as much mm, cool. mm. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking oh man i need so many people to look <laughs> at this sort of stuff and and sadly mostly guys yeah you know, i mean it's it's reasonably well known and widely accepted that women are more oh. in touch with their emotions and they express them more and you know playing nice today was blokes like to complain about how emotional women are but to be honest and, and i don't know without straying too far off topic there's all this chat about you know getting men to talk about their feelings and have a cry and you know it's it's uh what is it it's it's Strong to, oh, I can't remember, there's a campaign and a hashtag and goodness knows what floating around. But <clears throat> for me, I think the reality is men don't necessarily talk about their feelings. And I think trying to change that is trying to change the fundamental nature of, of mm. fellas. But yeah. to, to bring awareness to the way that we are and how that impacts others, I think is very powerful because... You know, without having to fundamentally change who I am, I can at least be aware of it and I might temper it a little bit in certain situations and and that does get very different outcomes. It's, we're not talking about wholesale changes to the core being, are we? Well, it's funny, you should, I'll just loop back to your comment about men versus women and I'll find the report and send it to you. <laughs> Nick, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's actually the other way around. Is that right? Oh, wow. Works out that the guys have a whole lot more than they realise. Wow. And I've, and I've got to get it right in my head. Um, if you can imagine these eight competencies, I've got them across the horizontal graph and they've got the guys, men and female. And who knew that we're actually strong in opposite ends, mm -hmm. of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But because we measure this stuff across the globe, we can measure across some um, cultures, age groups, males, females, you name it. Hmm. And it's, it's called the state of the heart report. And we can see in what regions it's strong and not. So like Asia is very strong for emotional intelligence, which is really interesting. Wow. Europe, not so. Um, anyway, I'm deviating as I always do, digressing. <laughs> um, and now I can't remember what I was going to. You were saying that men there. are actually better than women, I think is what you said. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's not the words it's, that we it's, use. It's like a hair, Nicole. A hair's difference. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I think what I'm really saying is that you're more, we are um, probably got the same end, end number, if, there's a, if there is a number. Sure. But there, if you can picture the eight, I can't remember if it's we're stronger in the middle and they're stronger at the two ends or vice versa. But, of course, they're total opposites. Fascinating. Yeah. So, yeah, the, so the reality is we complement each other perfectly, men and women. There you go. Who would have thought? Who yeah. would have thought? We need all types, right? And and that's a good point to pick up on in teams, as you know. You need yes. people with strengths across everywhere. Yes. So mm. it's, this is not about getting everyone to expert. Can I just make that point with sure. these graphs? Not at all. It's about alignment. Yeah, so okay. if you think about how you feel when things aren't going well, you feel a bit erratic. Mm. Mm. When you look at this, can you see those big gaps? Mm. That's your feeling actually represented on that graph. Mm. So we're looking to build stuff up so that you get really a, a better feeling of contentment. 
Yep. And if we, the way the brain works is that, you know how we've got a problem, we say, right, we're going to brainstorm, focus on this problem, get an answer. It's the worst thing in the world you can do because when you focus on something, what do you think more of? What you're focusing on. Mm. Not the different thing that you're trying to be innovative and unpack, right, and crack mm. that problem. And when we can get that feeling of contentment, a certain part of our brain rests, it, that's where you know, new ideas come through. So, you know, you go to sleep, you're trying to figure something out and then you wake up in the middle of the night with the answer. Yep. It's because your brain's rested. So with this, if we can get people more aligned and help them get that contentment, they can solve their problems and mm. manage the dramas and the stresses that inevitably will continue to come. We're just giving them a stronger set of better set of tools to yeah, do that exactly their own in, their own internal tools mm. yeah mm. so okay. just to be clear because I'm, yes. I'm i'm trying to think three different perspectives here you're so not still stuck on the fact that men are better than women are you no, i might be but we'll get over that bit. <laughs> uh, just to go back and and i guess if i was listening to this let's say i'm a subby and i'm working for a big builder um, some of this without the understanding or a deeper level of understanding of what we're talking about today, I might begin to think, oh, okay, people being taught how to manipulate me as a subby into doing or behaving the way that they want me to, which I know is absolutely incorrect. Can you elaborate mm, yeah. on that a bit, Karen? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Um, the way the way our bodies, minds, brains, hearts work, the system is set up for everyone to prosper, for mm. everyone to do well. Mm. And that's why I love these guys at Six Seconds who've created this model. And this is why it does so well, is that it captures all the important stuff. And so, yeah, the blue, the red, the green, the green you'll say, see, which says increase empathy. Mm-hmm. So you as an individual, if you're not translating empathy to other people, like that caring, that support, that understanding, I hear you, geez, you know, I walk in your shoes, I, I can get that. If you're not doing that, guess what? You don't get the chemical hit of oxytocin which makes you feel good. Mm. So you can't you can't get this without giving. Yes. Right? Yes. So and again, when we do all this stuff in the right way, you know what? We might not win every battle, but we win the war and what the war is is feeling and operating better yes. and stuff does fall into place. Mm, but it's so hard to give when you haven't received first. Yeah, <laughs> Isn't it? yeah. Isn't it? it? It's so hard to give out empathy when you're not getting it back. And, and yeah, I know I've been like this over the years and I think I've become a little more in touch with myself in, in the Middle Ages. Uh, but to, to give out that positive emotion to somebody first, it almost feels like losing. Mm. You know, I had to give in. With the, the idea that then they'll give back to me. It's like, no, no, they should give me that first, right? And so this is this whole thing about, you know, this leadership thing of, you know, I'll, I'll say strong back, soft front, right? So you've got to have that backbone that you're going to push and do what you need to do in your business. But the soft front and the heart is about well, doing it for the right reason and having all your other... Mm. systems and processes in place to support you because, yeah, you're right, you're going to get the odd dodgy that's going to do the wrong thing by you. But what this is about is, you know, these checkpoints here, and it is hard because they are long terms, but that first one about enhanced emotional literacy is having those honest conversations, listening to them. Mm. What are you saying to yourself? 
is it true or not? Is it mm. catastrophizing? Mm. Are you checking in with someone else? Recognizing the patterns that you engage in. So you'll be really informed about, oh, okay, well, this is a situation. Rightio, what's the next step for me? So I look at this as a bit of a shopping list mm-hmm. for helping you um, stay strong um, in those moments so that mm. you can manage those situations well. Because you're right, you're not a doormat. You're not going to be giving out. It's a 50-50 thing in life, you know. Mm. Everyone brings their 50%. Mm. And you make that, you know, you discern around that pretty quickly mm. as to who and where you'll invest your time and energy. Yep. Mm. So, so, again, long answer to the question, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but, and it is back to that good old question of balance, you know, and where the pendulum swings. I mean, I know for yeah. me in my life it's swung too far to either end of the scale, I've been Mr. Nice Guy way too much at times and that's really not served me or the people around me. And then, you know, I tend to swing all the way back the other way to being a hard ass and uh, that doesn't serve me well either. So it's, I yeah. think often it's about finding that sort of middle ground or the band in the middle. Yep. So that's where, I'm um, just flicking through these slides all over the shop, sorry. That's where our neuroleadership and our coaching comes in because what we do there is um, we can teach you about seeing things and getting in place those boundaries that can help you deflect some of that stuff if you need to. And mm-hmm. actually, you know, learning what to say no to is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, and we forget that we've got that choice in life. So your choice matters. And just saying yes to everything we know isn't going to always work. No. So things that come out of this brain-based coaching, you'll never know, right, sure. what it's going to be. But I think a big life changer for me was learning, oh, that's true, yeah. The most successful people in the world are very boundaried, right? Mm. They've thought about it. They know what to say yes to, what to know to. Yep. You still do it with a good heart, but it's okay because that's what's required. So that's that that decisive leadership that as individuals Mm. it doesn't matter what you do is going to serve you well yeah they're almost discerning you know that they're just making good choices about what Mm. they allow in whether that's you know their media consumption or the people they relate with or the conversations they get involved in or the business deals that they do it's like they just they seem to make really good choices about all those things yeah, and of course they're not going to make everyone happy all the time. Wouldn't yeah. it be great if we could, but it's unrealistic, <laughs> you know? <laughs> the life of a pleaser is... Uh, is Exhausting. Is tiring, yeah. yeah well yeah. said. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. So, Karen, what's, what's something you wish every trade business owner did? Mm. Wow. <laughs> okay, um... I wish that they could find a way to carve out some time for themselves for reflection, Mm. (laughs) right? Because then they would come up with great stuff for themselves and a little bit of help. They can then make the rest of their week a bit more um, going in the direction that they want. Mm. Because, you know, when we're in autopilot all the time, if we don't hit that red stop button, and think about that stuff, we can't possibly set it up to go as well as we'd like. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Time for reflection, hey? It doesn't feel very productive. Mm, but you know what? Again, back to the research, every single supersonic successful person carves it out somewhere. 
Because the only way that we can you know, continuously improve, mm. Mm, yeah. let alone save our own lives by slowing down our systems and and breathing and fueling our bodies, brains, hearts, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Funny how we think that's not important. And yet, <laughs> when yeah. it's all said and done, that's all we've got. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very true. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. it was uh, Stephen Covey talks about sharpening the saw as one of his seven habits of highly effective people and yet it's one that most small business owners just they sacrifice it because I'm too busy. Yeah, I don't have time. No. I could squeeze another job in and make 150 bucks. Yeah. I'm not going to sit there and stare at my belly button fluff and think about my life because that's not going to mm. do anything. Mm. And yet by doing that, I could probably have worked out where to save $150 perhaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. and then some. Yeah. Well, that's look, awesome. Look, Sorry, look, I get it. When I started out, I, I grabbed everything that came my way, worked myself into the ground, um, and, and I knew that I just had to do that to get going. Mm. But the yep. minute you can take a breath, so valuable mm. to do that because, again, if you've got this far working like that, you know, credit to you. That's, mm. that's great, right? If you can just take the foot off the pedal a little bit, like I said, carve out that time, mm. you'll probably absolutely look at what you could do differently for yourself yeah and we're not talking hours every week like no half an hour or something and it's like that consistent thing right can you believe i was coaching a real estate guy the other day lovely guy doing really well but so burnt out and i said to him right okay so i kept dialing it down dialing down okay in between each showing on saturday because i was really worried about his his health so when you pull up to the next house could you just pull up around the corner and just stop for one one minute and just be really slow and still and, and calm and breathe. One minute, didn't think he could do it. <laughs> yeah, and his life depends on this, mm. right? He's wow. pretty unwell. Yeah. So when okay, well, let's just see what happens if you don't do that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Small steps. Yeah, exactly. And and they make a really big difference. And yes. that's a good point, Nick, is that none of this has to be big whiz bangy stuff. No. What can fall out of it is just stuff that you already know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like it's like, you know, I think there's a thing going on at the moment with Google, don't ask or someone don't ask Google, ask your grandma, right? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Because guess what? They've probably got the answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except yep. techo stuff, right? So oh, yeah. none of this has none of this is as complex as this diagram looks, right? It's yeah. quite simple, and there's a workbook over here um, that I can send to you that steps people through the three processes of know yourself, the questions you need to ask yourself in the moment, mm-hmm. the right. tips and tricks for that. Then the next one for choose that midpoint, hit the stop button. So this is a bit of a self teaching thing mm-hmm. that, awesome. that can just get help people get their head around. Um, what we're talking about here. It's right. a great um, place to start. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we'll, uh, for, for the listeners, we'll throw that up on the website um, in the yeah. show notes. So go to tradiesinbusiness.com or .au. Either one, you'll find us. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> We've got a corner on the market. We'll pop those, uh, those resources up for you. Can I just chuck in this one last bit of information? Is that last last one, Ken. Okay. So this last graph is... Um, not an EQ study, but it was a guy I met last year overseas who does a truckload in sales. He's a you know, bit of a guru. And he's done this research across all of Asia. And these are the, the things that he's found that customers want the most from people. <laughs> and the top one is empathy. Mm-hmm. Loving, right, of course. 
Mm. People want to know that you've got their back and that you're with them, right? Mm. Um, Responsiveness. And can you believe self-awareness? I'm like, really? I didn't even know that term five years ago. Yeah. Right? Which, of course, just means being aware of how you're being and possibly your impact on other people um, and so forth. So you can see there... None of it's complex stuff. The the top four, you know, empathy, responsiveness, self-awareness, authenticity. This is what customers want from salespeople. From anyone that they deal with. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not what we what we want when we go into a shop. And and the bottom, Mm. you know, the the ones way down the end here of grooming and following the system and trustworthiness and written communication, which is a lot of the stuff that business Mm. people put a lot of time and effort into their signage and presentation. It's all very important. Yeah, and there are some big ones, some in, um, mm. intangibles that rank way, way higher than them, which is fascinating. Yeah, and what it just proves is, hello, we're we're just all human beings. Hello. I, I saw a really a really cool um, acronym for this recently called the gas factor, as as a presenter described it. It's the give a shit factor. And if, you, if you've got yep. the gas factor, then people will be way more likely to give you the time of day and do business with you. And it's just, it is that. It's empathy and self-awareness. You know, it, it shows yeah. that I care about you. Mm. Yeah, because life's bloody hard, right? Mm. And sometimes it goes well and sometimes you just need to know someone's there for you. Mm. And that's pretty much what we're talking about here. Brilliant stuff. Wow. Mm. So I suspect there'll be a few listeners going, okay, where do I find out more about all of this? Where can people find out more about you and and your work, Karen? Mm, Sure. Okay. So on the back slide here, um, just my contact number, website. Cool. So we'll throw those links in the show notes. But if you go to all the W's, peoplealignment.com.au, you'll find Karen there. I won't give Mm -hmm. out your mobile number and your email because you'll probably get spammed. Uh, (laughs) But if you go to peoplealignment.com.au or hit tradiesinbusiness.com, you'll find us all there and you can go and find out more about brain-based leadership and feelings and self-awareness and all the... And I haven't... And, and of course, all that, you know, tying it with your HR stuff, but that's just on the side. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. It makes all the HR stuff almost secondary. Mm. If you get this right... You don't need – well, it's not that you don't need it because it would be irresponsible not to have the other stuff. Of but, course. Um, but it diminishes the need for yeah. great contracts and agreements and, you know, position contracts and all that sort of stuff because if you get the people stuff right, you don't need the legal stuff. There's a tagline for you, Karen. If you give a shit and you're connecting, yeah, you, you, that's it. Mm. That's awesome. It. Well, you've just redeemed yourself with most of our listeners because you said shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, get me going. I can say a lot more. But, you know, I haven't met any of you before. so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Karen, thanks so much for your time today. That was fascinating. Pleasure. And Thank you. Uh, I can see this playing a much bigger part in more tradies in business and them uh, getting the results they want. So thank you again. And thanks, Nick. Thanks, Was. Thank you, Karen. I suspect it won't be the last time we hear from you. No. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, guys. So how many wank words did you count, listeners? <laughs> um, I do think Karen redeemed herself by dropping a, an S-bomb. I end. think so. Um, not that that's a sign of a, an authentic person, but I did read somewhere recently, and I think it might have just been one of those memes going around social mm. media that people who swear are more authentic and honest or something. 
I'm incredibly authentic and honest, was you know that. <laughs> I think we both are. <laughs> uh, did you get some value out of that? Was that good? I think there was some cool stuff in there. Um, I was actually sitting here thinking of all of my trading wingman clients going, oh, these, these guys and gals need to do some of this work, hey? Uh, it's full on. I don't think there's too many people that wouldn't find value in what we've just heard today. No. So uh, head to either the Tradies in Business website, tradiesinbusiness.com or .au, doesn't matter which one, you'll, you'll find our website either way, uh, or head over to Karen's website, all the dubs, .peoplealignment.com.au. Um, in the show notes for this episode, we will put the resources that Karen had up on the screen. If you go to our YouTube channel, you'll find a recording of that, and you can watch the slides and stuff, and you can see what we were rabbiting on about with diagrams and everything. It didn't really, you didn't lose anything by uh, doing no. the audio medium because uh, Karen explained it really, really well. Not surprising, really. She's done a whole lot of work in this area. She probably <laughs> knows how to communicate with people better than we do. So, uh, yeah, head on over to there. And look, if you haven't joined the group yet, um, last thing is head over to Facebook, jump into the groups area and search Tradies in Business and uh, join the conversation. There are tradies in there talking about HR, they're talking about staff issues, they're talking about cash flow, and they're actually helping solve each other's problems. There's some people sharing some really cool stuff and very personal stuff as well. Mm. Um, and just getting a whole lot of support from hundreds of other tradies just like you. So make sure you head over there and join the group. And uh, Nick and I hang out in there as well. And um, just make sure everybody plays nice in the sandpit. So um, that's it for today's episode. Look forward to sharing another one with you soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesinbusiness.com.au.